Hut is up. Coach Bruce. I'm Brett Faith. That's Coach Bruce. This is the Coach Approach. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm still trying to recover from the expo, man. What a, what, a, what a crazy, wild, just great weekend of, of, of football and just, just great people, man. Yeah, that, that had to be an incredible experience. So when did it all kick off? So it kicked off. So we, the events we thought kicked off on Friday. So I had a couple of buddies of mine that are big fantasy football guys and, and, you know, we're all Cowboy fans. So we all went together and got there um, pretty late Friday night. We were delayed. I mean, this was the worst week of travel ever. I mean, horror stories, both on the way there and back. But long story short, we got there Friday night. Unfortunately, too late to really go out and do anything. Uh, so I think it was like midnight by the time we got to our Airbnb. And so we kicked everything off Saturday morning um, at the hotel bar and went out and had grab breakfast and went to the hotel bar, grabbed a drink and then, you know, started, you know, walking around and, and doing some stuff. So I went to the Hall of Fame right away and then kicked off the <clears throat> the draft night out party that Steffi Smalls and, and Robbie over at Run Boys put on. It was absolutely fantastic. And then uh, was that? Man, it was crazy. Was- I mean, there's always something to do. This episode of the Cut Podcast Network is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I've been there. Whether it's frustrations with your job, your social situation, or something else, life can be challenging. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 15,000-plus counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash The Cut Podcast. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for The Cut Podcast Network listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash The Cut Podcast. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Cut Podcast Network. Right, right. I, I just, from an outsider who, who would certainly like to have gone, um, I, I'm just not sure. So exactly who was drafted? How did that all work out? And did they, all that stuff take place at the Hall of Fame? So there was a few things going on. So there was a draft at the Hall of Fame, two drafts going on. Um, one, Michael Fabiano was in which is really, really cool. I'm sorry, that one was at the Double Tree, And then the one at the Hall of Fame was, I think, the King's Classic, they called it. I, I can't remember what they were. Right. But there was one going on in both places. And Hutchinson Brown um, was in one of them. It was the 15-year-old up-and-coming analyst. So <clears throat> it was cool to see him kind of doing his thing. He fit right in. What, what, confidence. Was, <clears throat> what confidence? What oh, confidence? His, his dad was – oh, his dad was meeting everybody. And, you know, what a great deal. His dad goes down to the event. Right. And while <laughs> Hutchinson's doing his thing, his dad's meeting all the analysts and – shaking hands and kissing babies. I'm like, I, his dad was just being the rock star as he was. That's pretty it was cool. really cool. Right. Right. Yeah. So then it was, so Sunday was the really the expo. So it was all just basically, you know, uh, partying and kind of networking the first day and a half or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's where, you know, everybody had a, a lot of people had booths and you got to walk okay. by and you got to enter drawings to, 
you know, win prizes and you got to meet, you know, the people behind the scene that, you know, sometimes you don't know who those people are. Maybe they're not the face on Twitter, but you kind of get to meet the whole crew. And that was a really right. neat experience. And of course, the fun thing was Saturday the night before there was a party um, at uh, I came up Centennial Park, I think is what they call it. There's a restaurant called Jersey's and there's this huge grass field with a massive big screen where they're playing preseason games, uh, particularly Bears games. And uh, so getting to meet like T King mode and Chris Robin and, and Nick, uh, Nick script from PTW fantasy, who will be on the show here in a little bit. And just all the people you've built a relationship with uh, over the last year was absolutely awesome to see them in a different setting. And, and I can tell you this, they're 10 times better in person as great as they are on Twitter. They're 10 times better in person. And so the next day as we're going around the different booths, we're running into people we were hanging out with the night before and didn't know right. who they were affiliated with, just struck up a conversation right. with them and, it was really cool to just kind of see them in their element and be like, Oh my God, I was just having a drink with you last night. So it, right. it was just such a neat experience. And so I got to show this shout out to Carrie and Nate Markham with uh, at fantasy and frames. This is a Michael Carter autographed mini helmet that I won as part of the drawings. We were partying with them on Saturday night. And then on Sunday at the expo, I saw their booth. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to give you guys 20 bucks. You know, it's a dollar for a raffle just to kind of support you guys. It was great hanging out with sure. you guys last night. You know, Sound like you kind of you made a bribe. You hung out with them. Bought it, them it, it does. As I say it out loud, it's like I bought, yeah. you know, I kind of bought my you, way. You bought the helmet for 20 bucks. So big shout out to them for being awesome the night before. And then I happened to be at the hotel bar having a drink with some friends and, and a couple of the analysts. And, and all of a sudden here come Nate and Carrie walking into the bar with the Michael Carter helmet. And I just saw on Twitter that I won. So I responded right. on Twitter. I said, hey, I'm at the hotel bar. I'll be I'll be there in a few. Well, they ended up coming walking out and taking pictures with me right there at the bar with a drink in my hand, giving me the helmet. Right. So it was a pretty neat, pretty neat experience, man. The, the whole weekend was just absolutely awesome. I, I can't wait to go again and, and next year. They've already got the date set. So we're gonna we're gonna go up there again next year. Well, what was Sunday? Because Sunday, I mean, there was a day when they actually had Things going on as far as the ex not not that there wasn't, but you know what I mean as far as what went on Sunday because sounded like that was like the clinic part of a football clinic that you and I used to go to. Yeah, Sunday was the actual expo portion of it. That's when everybody had their booths and stuff. But then on the other side of the hotel, across the hall, where the booths were, were these breakout rooms where you could. So we, I went to two of them that I was interested in. There were some other ones that um, I don't do, uh, you know, camps to can as great as I think those leagues are. I haven't gotten into one yet, so I didn't go to that. Right. I'm sure that was a phenomenal, you know, breakout session. I went to a redraft mock draft and they had 12 analysts up there and a bunch of chairs for people in the audience to, to watch. What was really cool about it was as they make their pick, they would explain to you why they made that pick. Then they explained to you how they're reading the board. And, and so that was really cool. And then right after that, they did a dynasty draft, if I remember correctly, <coughs> with a different group of 12 people. And that was more asking questions about strategy. Like, would you like, do you prefer to pick in the front of the draft, the back end, in the middle? And so they all answered right. that question. And Bob Lung, who put the whole thing on, uh, emceed that thing. Well, he's been just getting great reviews. Right. That's all uh, you see on, which is awesome. He's phenomenal. I mean, the first day that I signed up, he sent me a cell number and said, hey, when you get in town, check in with me and I'll make sure you guys are taken care of. And he would just ask questions at the end. The people in the audience got an opportunity to ask them questions after seeing their live their live mock draft. You had to ask okay. them questions about their strategy, like, hey, why'd you take so and so? And it was really, really neat to hear them answer the questions, but do it so professionally and then kind of feed off of each other as they're answering these questions and kind of 
make right. fun of each other for you know picks that they made and, and whatnot. So it was a really neat experience to see the thought process behind that. And, and they're not sitting there with their laptops out. They don't have a bunch of spreadsheets out. They're all just sitting there with a cell phone and just looking at players on their cell phone and, and just making a pick and then you know talking about it. So it was really cool. So that was so that was at the expo. That all those breakout sessions were all on Sunday, and that that was so we went to those two, and they were absolutely phenomenal. That's Michael Fabiano cool. was there; he was doing one of the drafts, so it was cool to, you know, see him doing some drafts. They had Curtis from uh, Rotoviz was was participating in that. Bob Long himself participated in one of the drafts, so it was it was pretty neat to see that. that yeah, it looked like it was just an incredible event. How, how was the Hall of Fame itself? I've never traveled to that part of Ohio. Lived in Dayton a while, but uh, never got to uh, the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame was absolutely awesome. I mean, it, it's I think it's on everybody's bucket list. If you're not from Ohio and it's not close by, like I live all the way in, in, in Peoria, Arizona, <coughs> a suburb just outside of Phoenix. So for us, it was a huge deal. None of us, the three of us that went, had ever been to the Hall of Fame. So it was almost like now that we're going to go up to the Expo, we get as a bonus, we get to go to the Hall of Fame as well. <laughs> so right. we had a blast. So it took us about two hours. You know, to, to get, get through from start it to finish, and there's a couple virtual rooms you go into, and um, Joe Namath comes out, and then you know uh, Vince Lombardi and George Hallis come out, do a little motivational speech, and so that was pretty cool. <laughs> it's like you're sitting in an actual locker room, you see all these Hall of Famers in their jerseys. So it, it was, it was really neat, man. The Hall, Hall of Fame was, and you got to see all the busts, and and from this 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 most recent class, 2020 class, 21 class that they just done. Right. was all those busts were already in there and being shown. And, you know, you had Ed Reed with his hair and the beard. You had Tripaul Amala with the hair. You had Drew Pearson right. with, you know, the big afro. And, of course, me being a huge Cowboys fan, it was cool to see the sure. star back and, and all the stuff they had on the on the Cowboys in there. Very, very cool, well, very neat experience. They're probably well represented in there. there there's a few. Yeah, there's a, there's a few of them. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. That seems like it was a pretty great event. How would you think, I mean – Everything I'm, I'm seeing on Twitter, though, is that uh, that event's just going to blow up. Yeah, so I was telling you before the show, it was like two years ago, talking to Bob, I think he said he had 75 people, the very first one that he ran himself. I believe, if I heard it correctly, it was the very first one he had done. <clears throat> he only had 75 people. And most of that was analysts. It wasn't a ton of right. fans. It was mostly just analysts. Then last year, obviously, because of COVID, he couldn't do it. Well, this year, I mean, they have over 450 people. And I know there's already people that are, are looking into Airbnbs like we are. They're looking into the hotel. Uh, they're already making plans to go out next year. And it, it's it's an absolute must. I don't care if you're someone that just plays fantasy football and you want to meet analysts and you want to, you know, kind of pick their brain and see the process. The fact that they make themselves available and you can walk up to anybody and introduce yourself. And, you, of course, you've got your lanyard on. It's got your name on it. So, sure. you know, people are walking up to you and talking to you. But. Just such a neat experience, man. I mean, just anybody who's involved in fantasy football, I don't care if you're just you're playing a home league and that's really all you do, or if you're, you know, a big underdog, best ball, redraft, dynasty, you know, it doesn't matter what format you play, what you like, or, or how you do it. It's right. an absolute must to go to the, go to this deal. I cool. sure, I'm part of the ball blast team, as you know, and God, yeah. I would really like, I knew there's, we were well represented and uh, I would have loved to uh, meet all of them in person and, uh, See it all. So uh, definitely something I'm going to be looking at doing next year. Well, I can tell you, Michelle and Kate did a phenomenal job. Michelle was involved right. in draft night out. that was put on by Steffi Smalls and, and Robbie over at Rumble. She did a fantastic job. And Scott Fish came in and made an appearance. And uh, it, it was cool to see Michelle. I was actually able to talk to her during the draft. 
she kind of came over and, and I was talking to her about her team and how much I uh-huh. loved her team. And she, she has the same thought process that I would have had at the spot she was in. So I thought she did a great job. And then Kate was involved in, in the breakout session and the, the live mock right. draft or recap. She was picking, I think, at the 1.12. And so it was cool to see her process there. And they did a great job. And they, they represented Ball Blast extremely well. And they had their own booth. And, and they were promoting themselves. They're, they're absolutely just as awesome in person as they are. Oh, the yeah. No, I see uh, behind the scenes as well. And you're, you're right. They're great people. And I'm fortunate enough that I get to uh, work with them. <clears throat> We could spend an entire show just talking about everybody I met and how great they were. I mean, it, it was right. it was really neat to to talk to analysts. And I just got into the space, you know, not even a year ago. It was actually about a year ago this time, right before last season. Yeah, started, both of us. So yeah. First time I reached out to an analyst. So getting right. to see Sam Wallace, who was probably the very first analyst I ever reached out to in terms of a DM. And I've right. done his coffee talk where you get to spend 15 minutes with him on the phone, um, you know, one-on-one to talk about one of your teams or draft strategy or, or whatever it is. I mean, just – such a great, humble human being, man. And, and Chris Robin, you know, Detroit Beastie, you guys know right. him as on Twitter. He's a, he's uh, a future guest. Boys, Nick from PTW. Yeah, I mean, Nate and Kerry from, you know, Fantasy and Frames. Um, all the guys from, uh, I got to meet uh, Buffalo, uh, Fantasy Buffalo, uh, Shiler. Right. Freaking great guy. I ran into him two or three different times. Matt, you know, his buddy that, that helps him out. So it was, it was really neat. Uh, Mike from Daddy's Home, freaking great guy. Shane is the worst, which, funny story. I was looking for Mike and I actually saw Mike at the main bar at Jersey's on Saturday night when they were doing the party at Centennial Park. <clears throat> so I was like, hey, I'm going to make my way over and go introduce myself to, to Mike. Because so Mike and I have been on a couple, uh, did a Zoom call with him a couple times, um, just one-on-one. And then I saw Shane. So I walk up to Shane. I go, hey, sh- hey, Mike, it's Coach Bruce. And he looks at me like, it's Shane. And he was laughing. <laughs> because they kind of look the same when you see him on a podcast. Right. And I'm, I was thinking, Mike, because that's where I was headed when I saw Shane. Right. And I'm walking away, I'm like, God damn it, I'm such a rookie. Yeah. You know, he was really cool about it. Well, that's sweet, man. That's You just name-dropped a whole bunch of people. There's – and I'm forgetting a ton. I mean, it, it was – honestly, it was – Matt Seward is another one. I mean, there was there were right. so many of them. That, and they were they were all just, just absolutely awesome, man. So – let, let's talk preseason preseason week one, man. The first full full week of preseason. Yeah, I'll tell you, I don't think either one of us watched much of it. But, I mean, obviously we've done, uh, you know, I've looked at a lot of it. I, I would say that from what uh, I'm most excited about is the rookie quarterbacks. I mean, they they, they all didn't disappoint. Um, I, I've uh, been really – I shouldn't say high on Mac Jones, but – Every time he's available in an SF draft at 2.01 or later, I was thrilled to get him. And and I think uh, he showed what, you know, he's going to be. He's never going to be someone with the run capabilities. But I, I think he's going to be a solid number two quarterback for you. And getting him at 2.01 like I did in a couple of drafts, pretty excited about what I saw from him. No, I, I'm high on Mac Jones. You know, I think he's – if you look at the game, I was able to watch a little bit of that game, especially when he was in, which was nice. It's funny that one of the guys I went with, uh, one of my best friends, I mean, he, he's a great guy. Um, he's a big Cam Newton guy, and he's a huge right. fantasy football guy. I mean, he, he's in the championship of his home league, it seems like, every year. And I'm just trying to get him on Twitter, and and I haven't quite gotten him to break yet. But uh, he's a huge Cam Newton guy. So we had a great debate about Cam Newton versus Mac Jones and what that offense is going to look like. And so – I know there's a lot of people on Twitter. A lot of us get caught up in what happens during, you know, the preseason. What was the distribution in terms of run shares and right. how were the targets, you know, facilitated and, and what did that look like? And 
trying to reel people back and say, hey, there's a lot of coach speak and a lot of vanilla offense, vanilla defense. Coaches are really trying to look at certain things and situations. And so sometimes what they're working on doesn't match the down and distance because they're trying to right. judge players. But uh, Mac Jones was a guy that, you know, they talked about how he would dump it off. It's like, hey, you take what the defense gives you. I think especially as a rookie, protect the football, take what they give you, let your guys make plays in space. And I thought he moved the ball well. And, you know, his average depth of target wasn't great, but he showed that he can move the football. Um, he can throw the deep ball. I think everybody knows that. And he's extremely well, I accurate. Mean, so, did you see when he threw the one? And, you know, it, I did. it went right in the hands. And I mean, it was, the guy was the ball. The play was defended well as well, but the ball was beautifully placed. And I just think you know that his ceiling may not be what others is. I think you're getting, you know, a quality guy for a long time. So, man, I was really excited to see that. No, and then, and then you know, you can go to uh, Trey Lance. You know, I think people talk about when is – how many games does Jimmy Garoppolo start if he starts week one? And then you have the other side of it. People say, hey, I would start Trey Lance in week one. You got him where you got him in the draft for a reason. How many guys pick that high, sit behind the starting quarterback for a full season? So there's that debate, which is a fun debate. But when you look at Trey Lance, I think he was um, 5 of 14. So you look at that and you go, if you just read the stat sheet, you go, man, 5 of 14, 128 yards and a touchdown. But a lot of that was on the deep ball, which, by the way, was a phenomenal – Right. Dropped an absolute yeah. dime, right? But four of those balls were dropped. So now you go, okay, really, he was five of ten, right? Of the ones that were caught, you know, if you take away the drop. Right. But if you add, if, if even if all four of those are caught, that's the difference between five of 14 and nine right. of 14. So now he's nine of 14, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for now 160, 170 yards and maybe two touchdowns. What I didn't like, I mean, I mean, heck, what do I know? I mean, I'm a former high school football coach. But it looked like um, – he had a lot of uh, restrictions, meaning there wasn't much. Um, there wasn't much uh, that he was allowed to do. We didn't see him scramble much. We didn't see a lot of that. Um, and he was sacked four times. And I think maybe I don't know. I was just kind of surprised that they didn't do more things like that route or that rollout pass on that touchdown pass. It seemed like they kind of uh, were trying to keep him in the pocket a little bit. Well, I think that's – if you talk about Trey Lance, I think it's easy to talk about our quarterbacks that have mobility, <clears throat> what you're going to do in season and moving the pocket, running more bootlegs, running more play action. But I think in the preseason you want to say, hey, that's all great. I don't want to show too many cards during the preseason, let defenses right. know what we're going to be doing. Let's put him in a full-field read, which is a you know three- or four-man progression yeah. route concept, and let's see if he can make his reads and throw the ball on time and do it with conviction. And I think we got an opportunity to see that. I think what was surprising, too, is if you look at the Colts, now it looks like now there's an outside chance that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, who apparently were playing footsies because they got the same injury. But it, it, it's really neat to look at that and say Sam Ellinger versus Jacob Eason. If they have to start one of those two, you know, who is it going to be? And both those guys played well. You know, Jacob Eason led a touchdown drive. Um, and then uh, Sam Ellinger came in and was accurate, also ran for 30 yards and led him to a game-winning field goal to – to put the game away at the end. So both those guys look good. So I'm not saying they got to go with one of those guys that, you know, those guys are going right. to win, you know, MVP or sure. you know, but, offensive rookie of the year because they're not, but it was at least good to see them get, you know, pretty equal reps and, and see them both play well. I mean, Frank Reich knows how to call an offense. So I think a quarterback in that system, it, it favors the quarterback. Yeah. He's uh he's definitely a guy who's had success and had success with the guy who, now they think he's going to be back a lot sooner. So it, it maybe, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of giving him crap for not going out and getting a guy like Nick Foles. But 
if maybe they saw something and, uh, you know, they were right not to uh, panic like I kind of thought they should panic. Yeah, I, I thought another thing that was pretty neat, too, is, is we talked about the Jacksonville receivers and what they're going to do with Urban Meyer offense. <clears throat> Tim Tebow getting cut today. That's, I know that was big news today. We'll, we'll make mention of that real quick. But <laughs> DJ Shark was out with a finger injury. And right. they brought in Marvin Jones from Detroit. He's familiar with Daryl Bevel's system in Detroit. So there's a trust factor there. There's familiarity with the scheme. Um, and then you've got Quintez Cephas, and you've, you've got um, – I'm not Quintez Cephas. You've got LaVisca Chenault. You've got a great – you know, some, some great skill guys there and what they can do with Chenault out of the backfield and short passing game. Sure. And I think there was a couple of analysts that were talking about the average depth of target for LaVisca Chenault was like one, one yard. And so there's a little bit of concern about how they're going to use him. But Marvin Jones looked great. And with DJ right. Shark. And, you know, the buddy that I went there with was talking about Marvin Jones to him as their wide receiver one in Jacksonville. And, you know, I don't necessarily totally agree with that, but I, I do appreciate the talent of a Marvin Jones. He's a true professional. He's a, professional. He's yeah. he's, he's a great addition to that offense. Right. Yeah, I think he's going to be relied upon a lot. So, but it was neat to see, you know, see Jacksonville and see Trevor Lawrence and see a little bit of, of what Urban Meyer, you know, potentially might do with that offense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're getting a lot of great news. You bring up Jacksonville. We'll make this quick. But uh, James Robinson is looking really good. I don't know if you're reading the reports, but, I mean, he's actually uh, looking really good even in the pass protection, and they're talking about him. He's not going to just give the role away. Well, you heard over Meyer at the beginning said, hey, that's going to be, you know, initially we're probably going to use James Robinson as the early down back and use Travis Etienne and, and, and you know, multiple running back sets and, and use him in the passing game. You know, he's obviously a great receiver out of the backfield and can line up in the slot. So I think there's some 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 truth to that. But James Robinson is not – he didn't just do what he did in Jacksonville last year. He's not – you know, he's a guy that – he's right. going to be used. He's going to be used considerably. I think I've got him about a 50-50 split, split in terms of, uh, you know, run shares. And then, I, you know, obviously Travis Etienne will, will beat him pretty well in the, in the passing game. So I've got Etienne outscoring James Robinson. But you could see a situation where James Robinson might make up the difference in touchdowns if he's used heavily in the goal line situation. So it's going to be interesting to see how that backfield works out. I'm high on Jacksonville. I know it's Urban Meyer's first year. Um, the guy's been successful everywhere he's been. The one you love him or hate him. I know there's a lot of guys that don't like Urban Meyer, but he was smart enough to bring in a D coordinator and offensive coordinator that have a ton of NFL experience. So he can do what he does best and be yep. a player's coach and get these guys to understand the culture they're trying to build. Um, you know, kind of still a line from, from uh, McCarthy over in Dallas when he does the uh, hard knocks. He says, hey, we can talk about last year. Frick last year. Last year doesn't matter, man. It's a whole different deal. It's a different regime. Right. It's a different coaching staff. Um, every position's up for grabs. You're going to have to battle in camp. You're going to have to battle through the preseason, and the best guys are going to play. Um, I think that's a great thing for Jacksonville and that organization to see real competition and practice every day. No, absolutely. I mean, they got to be better, right? I mean, they, they're uh... – been put in a position now where they get to take advantage of having the number one overall pick and yeah. there's excitement there. And so uh, it's, it's good. To, there was a time where I wanted them to be on hard knocks. I thought they would be fun. So uh, they're going to be a young, exciting team. Why don't you, uh, it's about that time. Why don't you uh, bring on our analyst? I know uh, you got to meet him this weekend and you talked to him before. So I want you to share what you know. Yeah. So first and foremost, this guy is probably one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Uh, he was the first guy that let me have an opportunity to write an article. I got to be a, a small paragraph on, on players we thought would outperform their ADP and have a bounce back year in, in 2021. He was the first guy to invite me to be on a podcast, um, which I got to do with 
FFB underscore Victoria, who's phenomenal. Um, he is the CEO at P2W Fantasy, where you don't just play, but you play to win. He's a member of Fantasy Points Live. I know he talk, he's a huge advocate for Fantasy Points and that site and what they do over there. And he recently came on as a writer at Bear Goggles On. He's, like I said, one of my favorite follows at P2W Fantasy. The man, my, one of my favorite guys. He, dude, and we were going to talk about the expo because this guy was, was hysterical, some of the stuff he was posting. But Nick <laughs> Scripp from P2W Fantasy. Talk to me, bro. How you doing, man? What is up, guys? What is up? Uh, man, that was a... Great time meeting you, Coach Bruce, for sure. Uh, the expo. I, I'm still trying to get my voice back a little bit. It's a little raspy. I sound kind of like uh, like Batman from the Dark Knight or something like that. But um, yeah, really appreciate you guys having me on today. Uh, just shot back from coaching right after work, but uh, to kind of relax and talk about some football sounded great to me. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Come on, man. You got the velvet voice now, bro. Maybe maybe I can keep it somehow because I, I feel like it gives me like a little bit of a edgy voice on the mic a little bit and then tomorrow i'll probably just either lose it or sound like i hit puberty or something so we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah there you, and go, man. you always sound good but aside from that coach bruce was ranting and raving about how great the expo is why don't you uh, share your experience and, and what you thought of the whole experience yeah so um personally and it was awesome to see some of the biggest guys in the industry there i mean you had mike clay floating around and um some guys from yahoo and cbs my my big thing that i wanted to get out of it just personally and it was a great networking <clears throat> opportunity for people but i wanted to just talk and meet people like coach bruce who i've you know been talking to for months on the internet in person and be able to like shake a hand and have a beer with some people and and talk about life and talk about football so um to be able to talk to guys that i've been communicating with more than friends in my current hometown it seems like uh was awesome was awesome so um i had a great time uh we we all uh had chances to to kind of party it up and then also talk about some football so talk about some life um i i, I feel like i left there um, being a bit closer to my friends that were already my friends just because of that aspect of meeting people in person. So right. it was a great time. Great time. I, I would 100% advocate for anybody who's interested in fantasy football, whether you're an analyst or a fan to, to check it out next year, because it was well worth the, uh, for me, six and a half hour road trip over there. Hey, I did notice there was a lot of, uh, karaoke going on, but I never saw you grab the mic, man. Did you ever get a chance to get on the mic or what? You know what? I I felt that I was best suited to be the videographer of that. So I, I was uh, probably screaming into my phone. You probably can hear my voice from there. But I, I figured I let the guys like uh, my buddy Fontaine and John John McGlynn and uh, Linda and Herms and and Stephen and and uh, Robbie let them take the mic and I'll, I'll do the filming for it. So it was that was a good time. That was a good time. But again, it was a bunch of people in one room that most of us never met each other in person, and you had people just like acting like we've known each other for the last 20 years or something like that. So that, that was a great time. That was awesome. No, nah, man, you guys are having a great time. It was like we kept – John and I were texting each other. We kept trying to figure out where each other was at, and it just never lined up for us to hook up with you guys, man. But it was great seeing you at the Centennial Park and talking to John yes. a little bit. John and I ran into each other at the bar a couple of times and, and uh, were able to have a drink together. So, uh, But, hey, so real quick too, man, obviously the Expo was such a great experience, but kind of shifting gears a little bit. I know you're, we talked about this last week on the show, too, but I want to get your take as a huge Bears fan. And I think you and I talked. I've got a you know, very close you know, connection over with, with the Chicago Bears. But talk to me about Justin Fields and where you're at. You know, when does he start versus Andy Dalton? 
Where do you see that playing out and, and what's your thought process there? So just, just looking at the wall behind me, there's definitely no bias towards Justin Fields or anything like that. But, um, man, it was, it was, it was awesome to see him, you know, it, it wasn't like he didn't start hot off the gate, but when he got going, he got going and he was very, very fun to watch. And we've really been missing that in Chicago forever. I cannot tell uh, you a time where I woke up on a Sunday um, and was just excited to see a quarterback play. And I think the fact that we got to see that dual threat ability, um, him peeling out of the pocket and drawing the attention. Hey, is he going to run it? Is he, he going to throw it? And then hitting some very accurate passes and then bursting off into space and scoring that touchdown. Uh, again, seeing both sides of that was awesome. Um, if it if it were my choice, and I know a lot of people <clears throat> disagree, if it was my choice, I, I'd put the, the best talent on the field day one. Um, realistically, do I think Nagy is going to do that? I, I don't. Uh, I actually, if I had to project it, I think that the first three games of the season, they play two teams that were playoff teams last year. So they play uh, the Browns and the Rams, and then they have the Bengals in between. So in my opinion, I think Dalton might get those first three starts, and then week four is the easiest matchup you know, out of most of their games against the Detroit Lions, who don't have a stellar defense. So I think that if they turn the keys over, they might do it in a game where a rookie can build some confidence. And I think Detroit is a team that he could do that with. Um, but again, if, if it was me, I, I would just love to see him day one. But if I had to project it and, and, you know, go off of the coach speak with Matt Nagy saying it's, it's still Andy Dalton's job, I think against Detroit week four would be my dart throw prediction. But man, again, super fun to watch. And he, he was good. He was solid. I, I, I mean, you, you compare him to what the other guys did, and he he might be you might argue that he might have had the best uh, first performance, but um, I guess that's uh, in the eye of uh, the beholder for that. Yeah, it's um, funny. In the first the first week of the podcast, we had uh, at C Williams NFL on Christian Williams, and he's he's a big Bears guy too, and he's been an advocate yeah. of Justin Fields as QB one from before the draft, after the landing spot would have been easy to go Trey Lance. I think people were. Kind of saw them similar just based on where Trey Lance ended up in the Kyle Shannon offense with the weapons they have. But he he stayed with it. He stayed true to it. And he says Justin Fields, and it, it, it's great when you watch the film and you listen to what other analysts are saying. And being a film guy myself, it's neat to look at it and go, sometimes he makes the game look so easy that he takes a he, he takes a little bit of criticism for it. But mm -hmm. man, if you just watch what he did, I was I was fortunate, I got to watch a little bit of the Bears game, and and he's just he's always calm, he's always collected. You know, he's a guy that I think can, can do a lot of great things this year. And, and, and you hit on it when he rolls out of the pocket and you're sitting there as a DB. It's like, do I come up and make yep. the tackle or do I, you know, I need to wait until he approaches line of scrimmage and be like, OK, now he definitely has to run. Like it, he puts you in he puts you in conflict so often when he gets outside the pocket or if they have to go off script. That's why for me, I think being a, a, an ex offensive coordinator and, and wide receiver guy, I'm like, I want to see the best talent play in week one even though what you're saying makes a ton of sense because of matchups to start the season maybe it's Dalton through week four and I know Dalton's look good for everything you hear and you read about what's going on in camp and and, and but man I, I don't know I just don't know how you don't say I want to put my team in the best position to win and, yeah. and start you know Justin Fields week one you and, and you got other other factors to keep in mind too, like uh, Allen Robinson, for instance. Yeah. They haven't come to that final. Hey, you're going to be back. You're not going to be back. Uh, nothing's been solidified. And if for some reason he's kind of juggling, do I want to be a bear or not want to be a bear? I think you want to get him paired with the guy that's going to be there for the next decade to convince him. Right hey, away. 
this is your home. Yeah, yeah, this is your home because if it's eight weeks with Andy Dalton, how are you convincing one of the best wide receivers in the NFL? Hey, you, you need to stay in Chicago. We got something good going on here. So I'd like to see that pairing sooner than later for the sake of Robinson too. Especially no, if you don't get off to a fast start, right? I just say don't see – I always just say I don't see a reason not to put them in. And, and and a lot of – people can talk about loyalty or even, you know, Andy Dalton can talk about loyalty. But when they signed Andy Dalton, I don't think many people believe they had any shot of getting Justin Fields. Oh, the fact yeah. that they were able to move up, the fact that he slid by two teams that I think were silly not to take him, maybe three, um, I mean – I think that gives you an out. Hey, sorry. No, for sure. I pick, piggyback. I think you sound. We didn't know we were going to hit the lottery, so we're no longer going to. Whatever the case may be, they have plenty of. Yeah. So, internet's working great on my end. Are you guys good? Yeah. Yeah. We're. We're good, man. I was going to jump catch, in there for you. Catching some, catching some tidbits there, but uh, I, I, I like where you're getting after, 100%. So, question for you now, Nick. Talk to me about, because this is that time of year where it's the first week of preseason. Somebody has a decent stat line in week one, and all of a sudden everybody wants to jump on that that ship, right, and say, hey, he's going to be the RB1, or he's going to be like, you know, Trey Sermon with Raheem Mostert sitting out. People want to talk about Trey Sermon's locked up the RB2 spot, which I think we all kind of figured anyway. But there, there's so much buzz about somebody that performs well in, in week one. You got to kind of temper expectations, understand what offense is trying to do. But what are a couple guys that, that you're fading? You know, people that are talked about quite a bit, but you're not as high on as maybe the consensus that you see on Twitter that you're not buying the hype at this point. Who, who are you fading right now? So, uh, and I haven't heard tons and tons of things out of camp or um, the preseason games, but I, I, I will say one guy that I. It's on brand that I historically have faded has been Joe Mixon. And I will always be that guy to fade Joe Mixon. And the the reason being is, um, do I think that he has the abilities to be fantasy relevant? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I think that his, you know, looking at his ADP right now, um, he's being drafted as the RB13. So when you look at that, that's not too crazy. They're not saying he's going to be the RB5, but then you look around the guys that are kind of close to him. So Antonio Gibson's pretty close. It's a lot of the sophomores, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Swift, and then you go down. Guys like Chris Carson could even be super relevant this year. So Joe Mixon, kind of kind of, kind of sketchy with the yards per carry throughout his career. Uh, shows you glimpses of things and then kind of disappears on some weeks. You know, I, I'm not sure he's the most fantasy consistent guy, and I think he's just let people down often. He's not a guy personally drafted, but um, – that's been a guy for me that I've typically faded. And now that I see these other younger guys that are sophomores kind of stepping their games up, um, he's not a guy I would uh, shoot for. So I heard a lot of offseason Joe Mixon talk, and I feel like you're either one side or the other. I can really see – I could see things with the other side, but um, I think that he's not going to be the reason the Bengals are good or good or bad this season. Yeah, I think some of that counter-argument for, for the Mixon truthers was – with Giovanni Bernard being out and what he did in the passing game, if Joe Mixon can stay healthy, and I'm not a guy that believes in like injury prone. I know there's guys that seem to always get injured, but yeah. I do believe those injuries are not always in, in sync with each other, if that makes sense. So I look at mm-hmm. Joe Mixon and I go, I see 
Like I think I've got him right now at RB11 after doing all the projections for all 32 teams, but that's still continuing to play out through the preseason. But um, I, I can see the argument on both sides. I think that's, that's great about what you said is, hey, I can respect where the Joe Mixon truthers are coming from. I necessarily don't see it because I haven't seen it over the course of a 16-game season, now 17, where he's been able to be that guy. But I think with Gio being gone, I think that was the expectations. He's going to play a bigger role in the passing game. If he can stay healthy um, with what they can do offensively in that offense with having three great receivers, you can spread a team out horizontally, which mm-hmm. just that in and of itself is going to create you know running lanes um, for what they want to do. So I, I can see the other side of that for sure. Anybody yeah, else I- in your favor besides Joe Mixon? And just a closing comment on on, yeah. on Mixon. Again, it just comes out of preference. So when I look at guys going around Mixon, I would just prefer uh, a handful of other guys. So that's another reason. I'm not going to say he's going to bust necessarily this season. Yeah. It just comes down to preference. But another guy, I'll go to another uh, running back position. His ADP is not like super high either, but I have saw – Tons and tons of hype um, this off season, and I just I I can't I haven't been sold really into it, and that's uh and you guys might be fans I'm not, I'm not sure, but I I can't get sold into the expectations that some have on Chase Edmonds. I I feel like there's this this wants really bad for him to be like Alvin Kamara, this pass yeah. catcher who uh, is a good change of pace guy that um, has these explosive runs, and I think again could he be a flex? play from a weekly basis sure depending on the league format and um you know how the touches work out but if you look at you know James Conner is he gonna play he's gonna play and and he might fill in that Kenyon Drake role that got a ton of red zone opportunities and they had that 60 40 split so even if it's a 50 50 split I'm just I I don't see Chase Edmonds being a, a workload back at all um PPR purposes will he catch out of the backfield sure but at the same time if they start utilizing Rondale Moore a bit, who actually does these jets, uh, jet swings and um, has these screen passes and is used creatively, then I wonder if the the ceiling is as high as people think. So, uh, yeah, again, expectations versus how I kind of see things, I, I just feel like don't really align. So he's been a guy that haven't been super interested in trying to get in any sort of draft personally. I, we I all, know you're okay, Go ahead, Coach. Sounds like you're good now. Well, let's hope so. We'll, we'll give it a shot or two. Uh, and I'll be real quick just so in case it goes, uh, you guys can talk about it. The opposite end. Who are guys that you want to uh, go out and try and get right now? So I know he just got hurt, and I know he's a rookie, and I know there's a lot of hype. Um, I was just uh, on my show talking to uh, Scott Barrett from Fantasy Points. He's a big fan of this guy as well, too. But uh, massive, massive Elijah Moore fan. And I know yeah. the team is has a lot of question marks surrounding it, but – if you look at this guy, a lot of people said, hey, he is a slot receiver, just like Jamison Crowder. Like, how is that going to work out? They're going to have to be fighting for time. But most of this guy's camp highlights, which, in a, you know, you have to be careful with highlights sometimes, but most of his clips, he's running out routes and he's going vertically down the field and he's lining up opposite of Corey Davis. I know he's banged up right now. He's got a quad injury, nothing too serious, but it looks like him and Zach Wilson, a rookie himself, have a yeah. true connection and he has been absolutely balling out in camp. And the last time I checked where he, he was being drafted, it was like wide receiver 80 or something crazy like that. It was way down the list. And I think right. the guy is very, very talented. And I think he's going to do good things for this Jets team, even with so many question marks with uh, with roles. So big Elijah Moore truther, and I'm hoping he can come into uh, week one healthy, ready to go, and, and maybe light things up. We'll see. He's definitely a guy everyone's talking about. I love watching him. And if you look at – the things that A.J. Brown talked about, 
uh, about how he played with them. He had them in tears. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they all love them, they, and that that's a pretty good group of receivers they've had over the last few years. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely been one of my. Uh, it's him and him and Pitts, but everybody likes Pitts. But those have been my two. Like, I have to leave my rookie drafts with these two guys. So that's been him. Um, other other guy, if you want me to name the other guy. Yeah. Well, let me let, let me ask. You, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was go ahead. Ask you go. More about more about you know your process, and I think Coach and I both, or at least I always come out and say, I'm not an analyst. I'm a guy who wants to get better. So so yeah. how do you? Come, what do you do? I mean, what, first and foremost, you put out a shitload of content. So, in order to do so, um, when are you doing that research? When are you doing that? I mean, and what exactly, if you don't mind sharing, what are you getting into? So, um, I am in front of a computer all day long for my full time job, which has been absolutely crazy. But I have a lot of off time from you know a thirty minute standpoint here, an hour there, and uh, usually what happens a lot of times is I'm preparing for a podcast and something I'm researching kind of lights a bulb, and then I'll make like an infographic out of it, or I'll make a short video out of it, or something like that. So I think it's just like breaking down different points of of data and looking at what's the reason I do or don't like certain players and what, what interests me in a certain position and what I'm trying to get after. And then just start putting pieces together and, and making advice from there. So um, personally, just usually podcasts about twice a week. That'll be the thing this season. The bears thing is just, I'm a bears fan. So that's a, a nice, right. Hey, let's not just focus on fantasy. Let's look at the bears sort of thing. But yeah, I just try to mix, mix things up. Uh, I, I do tons of different articles, threads, uh, short videos, long videos, TikToks, right. podcasts, and it, it just comes down to uh, looking for one thing that ends up lighting a bulb for something else and just continuously trying to to learn from mistakes and build off of processes like you're kind of getting at as well and um, and uh, give advice that is has a big why emphasis. I, I see all the time on Twitter, and I've probably been guilty before, but there's very there's not tons of why all the time. It's a, a, a hot take or it's a go buy this guy or go sell this guy. And my big thing that I've tried to really grow upon is, is emphasize the why when I say things. So that's, that's what I'm basically trying to get after all the time. You know, it's funny you said that because that's part of the reason why coach and I came up with the meet the analyst. We kind of wanted to take your 140 character tweet and say, but why? I mean, give us yeah. more. We need more than simply this and this and this. And so that, that, that was the whole basis of this is, giving us an opportunity for you to do that. And you're doing that for us. And that's good stuff, man. Yeah. I think it's important, especially if, if you gain a following and follow followers don't, you know, the, everybody says it follower count doesn't matter, but when you start getting an audience, if you're giving out information, stress why, because you want to make the other person think about it. Right. And, and have facts to back things up in, in part of your opinion as well. So yeah, I definitely keen on that. Well, I know for me, analysts that I, I tend to gravitate to, obviously you being one of them, is is the process, not necessarily the process, we don't know, we don't always know what that is behind the scenes, but it's the ones that can back it up. And I think we're all trying to go into fantasy drafts. And if you're new to it, uh, or you play high stakes fantasy and it's a you know five dollar buy-in or you know, whatever, maybe it's a ten dollar buy-in, you know, regardless of what level you're at, I think all of us want to be able to walk into a draft and say, Hey, do I have a game plan? And can I explain the game plan? Do I understand why I'm taking this player? Do I understand what ADP means? 
and where people are typically going in a draft and where can I steal value the most. And I think as, as players in fantasy football, we have analysts like you that break down the why. It allows us to feel more confident in that process going into a draft versus just saying, hey, this guy says I need to go get Elijah Moore, but I'm not really sure why, but I, he's got a big yeah. following, so I'm going to go get Elijah Moore. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's it's important. It's important. Yeah, so I absolutely I, gravitate to the guys that, that, that certainly give you the why, and there's so many great people in this community that, that will do that. It's not just that blank. Sometimes there's a time for it. Like, I get it. Sometimes you don't have time yeah, to do a, yeah. you know, a five-paragraph-long thread that explains <laughs> the why. Um, and, hey, if people aren't following your TikTok, they should, because usually you do some great TikToks where you'll have some stuff in the background or you might get on the whiteboard, which as a coach, I, I freaking love every time you oh, yeah. the whiteboard, you're filling in the blanks. and you know. But you're such a great follow on TikTok. Where can people find you on TikTok? I think it's just at P2W Fantasy as well. That that's been that's been a, a lot of fun because uh, sometimes people want the information, and if it's a two minute video, you can give the whys and make it quick and entertaining. Right. And it's it's been fun. I'm like hanging on to my I'm barely hanging on to my 20s, so I'm like I got to get on TikTok before it's too late. No, I'm I'm kidding about that. But it's uh yeah it's 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 been cool. It's been cool to do that too. But again, it goes back to hey, just trying to mix things up, keep it fresh. You know, some people stick to one alley and that's 100% fine. I think just learning and evolving, it's been cool to do a bunch of different stuff all the time. So, well, it's like you said, you know, people talk about followers don't matter. And I, I, I know that there, there's, there's, you can say that, but, but I think, and the reality is followers do matter. Cause I think as an analyst, you have to have people following you to get that content out. Yeah. So you can be recognized. And so having content one is, is, is big, but backing it up, and having that stuff play out, I think, is, is extremely important. So, uh, anyway, it's just, it's neat to see that. But I want to ask you a question about the draft because we're getting closer to people already starting to do some drafts. Now, when you're in the analyst community or on the Twitter community, a lot of us have done a ton of drafts already. And a lot yep. of home leagues wait until what well, used to be week four. You know, all the starters aren't going to be playing. All the injuries have already played out. We're going to get together, you know, at somebody's house for a week four draft. But if you're doing a 12-man super flex uh, draft, quick question I want to ask you is where do you prefer to draft at and why? Like you have to be in the front of the draft, the middle of the draft, or end of the draft. You know, what does that process look like for you? Like what what spot in the draft are you are you most likely to, to, to be happy you got? So it's it's interesting. If it's a if it's a super flex draft, I I think that in both scenarios, in both scenarios, I'm I'm a fan of being at the very beginning or the very end because I love having the back-to-back quick fire picks, um, especially if you're juggling between two guys. I think if you're in a one quarterback league and you get the, I was talking about this on the podcast last week. If you get the one one or the one Oh two, I feel super comfortable in a, in a one quarterback league because I, in my opinion, it's McCaffrey and then cook the three, the four, the five, the six, I think is highly debatable right now. And maybe Cook is debatable as well for some people, but for me personally, if I'm drafting, I feel comfortable with the one 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 hundred one being McCaffrey, the one hundred two being Cook, one of those two guys. And then when it comes back around, I can maybe get my elite tight end or get my next running back, and I'm comfortable with that strategy. I, you know, when you're getting in the middle of the rounds, sometimes you don't really know what's going to come your way. And I know some people actually prefer the middle of the 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 table and. And I can see the reasonings why, but I, I like having the, the quick fire picks. So beginning or end of drafts is fine. Superflex is interesting too, because I think if you are at the end of a superflex draft and you, you're the, the pick 11 or 12 or the nine or 10, regardless of the, or when it, when it comes down to how many people are actually in the league, 
some people fall that maybe shouldn't fall. And then you kind of are able to scoop up that kind of sneaky pick and then wrap around and get another guy that maybe you shouldn't have because you banked off of uh, another guy falling. So I, I actually think super flex, I might actually prefer to be at the end. And then one quarterback a league, I would prefer to be at the very beginning. So beginning and then personally, <laughs> you know, we are dynamic. That was one of the questions that was asked when we had those breakout sessions at the expo. It was one of the questions they asked the the twelve analysts that were up on the on the on the mics, and they were saying, "Hey, where would you like to?" So that was a cool question to ask you. I've always it's like the middle of the draft is always like, "Hey, I want to avoid position runs," but in the middle of the draft, if there's a run on quarterbacks and super flex, I can kind of maybe I don't go maybe I go RB in the first round because I want to secure that 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 first running back. Yeah. You, maybe you're a hero running back. You want to get a really good running back first, and then you're not going to go running back again until later on. But you can always kind of get good value at that quarterback position coming back around round two in the middle of that draft. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear that because I'm like you. I prefer to be at the end, and I, honestly, more at the end than the beginning because at the beginning, I feel like you don't. There's so many ways that draft can go. But when you're at the yeah. end and you kind of get to, even if it's like 1.11, which is like almost like the worst spot to be in, but the, a good spot to be in. Cause you know, the next guy who's picking two in a row might take that guy you're looking at. But um, I like being at the end because I kind of know within four or five picks, I've got three or four guys. I know I can get, I'm going to get at least one. Right. Whereas if I'm in the middle of the draft, it's tougher for me to predict that. Right. Yeah. So I've always been a guy that said, Hey, you want to put me at 1.12? I'll take that all day long. You know, you want to put me at one point, one point, one point zero nine and one point one two to me is like the sweet spot. But what's weird about Superflex now is there's so many draft day trades that it's sometimes oh, about where you end up. You can have 30 trades in the first six rounds. I'm I'm bad about it because I get like super impatient about waiting sometimes. So I like I'm always trying to trade up, and sometimes it's good, but other times it's you better hit on those those drafts or else the what you're giving up later can kind of bite you in the uh, butt a little bit. But yeah, it's it's always fun to see. Um, the trades kind of fly off the board in a, in an active one. John McGlynn had one at a, at a local bar we were all at, and it was a bunch of Illinois Twitter people. And it yeah. was fun because guys were trading draft picks and, and kind of um, drafting all over the place. It wasn't predictable at all. Yeah, drafting is fun, but there's also that part of me that says it's almost like if you're a purist, right? And you say part of the skill is wherever you land in the draft, yeah. You got to put the best team together based on that draft slot. So there's some skill in that. <clears throat> but now with Superflex having gone crazy and Dynasty, it's all about trading. Whereas redraft, a lot of those redraft leagues, you don't necessarily have draft day trading, especially in no. some home leagues. And so it's understanding the difference in the two. Like the offer up. The Expo, they're all about, um, you know, they're all about re- redraft and there's no trades. And I'm trying yeah. to explain to them how much fun trading can be. Because you think you've got a guy, and the guy that's in front of you, you know, doesn't need a quarterback. And all of a sudden, somebody trades into that spot and takes the guy, and you're going, ah, man. You know, so I think trading makes it so much more fun and exciting on draft day. And throughout the season, but especially on draft day. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, it keeps keeps that day – kind of lively because I mean, it's even, even if there's no trades, it's going to be fun if you do it in person, but if you're in person sometimes too, and and you can sit next to a guy and point to the screen and say, I got this, you got this, let's work it out. I mean, it's kind of cool to get that, that communication going early because that sometimes carries over to the season. You see some leagues where they're not very active. There's not a ton of trading going on, but if you see on the draft day, 
man, look at all these trades that happen. This league wants to trade. Sometimes that can carry into the regular season, and now you have a more active league. So I think kind of igniting things at a draft day can be a good move for an active league. And that's everything, isn't that? I mean, I think sometimes too many people get caught up in trying to be right about everything and forgetting to play the game. And that's what you want is the, and part of that is having an active league where you're talking smack, you're having fun, you're active and you're like those league chats on sleep or whatever platform. Those are, that's some good shit. And unfortunately when you're up to 25 leagues, like I'm in, I can't always keep up, but I'm looking at notifications right now and there's at least six or seven popping up, but that's part of the fun. And you're absolutely right. Whatever you got to do to encourage that I'm all for. Yeah, I agree. You want you want active leagues. You want active leagues because, uh, again, it just makes it more fun, in my opinion. I'm a big trader all the time. I, I love trading, I, and I'm not always the guy that wants to you know send the trade that completely rips off somebody. I, I'm fine losing a trade sometimes to make my team better or get one of my guys, but I love trading, and it, it's kind of hard when you, you get into a league where nobody wants to because – they think you're trying to, or they, you, you know, you know something that they don't know or something like I, I got some buddies that see me podcasting and stuff. And I feel like they overthink trades somehow because, or sometimes because they're like, Oh, this guy, this guy looks at this stuff all the time. He's, he's, he's thinking about something that I don't know, but yeah, right. it's, it's fun. It's all in fun, all in fun. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. man. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting with, with, and I'm not even on, like, I'm nowhere near where you guys are at. A lot of, a lot of the people in this space and, and the level they've gotten to, I just started a podcast, but it's funny. Like the couple guys I went to, they're like, you know, I have some big money leagues and one guy's doing a three dollar buy-in and, and the, you know, the guy that went with, with me is his brother. And he's like, I, I don't want to be in a league with you, but I'll do it anyway. And it's just funny. The banter that goes back and forth because he is consistently in the championship and wins this, this home league apparently quite often. And so his brother's like, I don't want to do it. Cause I feel like I'm just giving you 300 bucks, which are my brother. So why not? You know, and it's just funny to listen to the banter back and forth. Right. It's like the more you're on yeah. Twitter, the more followers you get, the less people that know you from home want you to be in their league. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Think you know yeah. something they don't know, and, you know, it makes an interesting dynamic for sure. Oh, I think so. I agree. Completely agree with that. Well, Nick, man, this has been awesome, man. We really, really appreciate you coming on. And uh, good stuff, man. And I, and I love the field's take. I love the jersey. I almost got up and walked away. I should have when – my internet was out because I have that same exact jersey uh, just down the hall. So, uh, big oh, field. Nice, nice, nice. Love it, love it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, an exciting year, and I, I think it will be. It's nice to see, uh, nice to see a guy coming in with a little bit of swag, a little bit of a run game, throwing game, everything. So, it, it's it was huge for our city just on a regular football take perspective. It, it really was. Quickly, my father going into a season with uh, Justin Fields, and he is going into a season with Mr. Bisky, isn't it? it? It's a, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's a little bit different, Coach. I will say that. Yeah, just to keep it simple. My dad grew up on uh, Farragut Avenue in Chicago, and uh, okay, Chicago's Bears. I went to uh, Chicago a bunch of times as a kid. So seeing the nineteen eighty five uh, championship when I was uh, like fourteen years old. And, Knowing how proud my grandfather was, that's 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 pretty awesome. And even then, you had a game manager who liked to drink. I mean, he wasn't an incredible quarterback. So for no. you guys that fields now, I could certainly uh, understand the excitement. Yeah, it's it's definitely there. It's definitely there. And um, you know, I had uh, 
had a young receiver last year who probably wasn't projected to do too, too good and, and actually did some nice things. And Monty had his uh, breakout season, and I'm a major fan of the defense, even though it wasn't as hot as it used to be. I, I'm a huge Roquan Smith uh, truther uh, at the linebacker position, so it's 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 exciting. It's exciting for sure, and I'm just looking forward to, uh, to it more than I have in the last decade. So, Right. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, bro, I appreciate you being on being on the on the uh, podcast with us, man. I'm a huge fan of yours. You know that we've connected quite a bit uh, over the last year, man. So I appreciate you a ton. Let everybody know where they can find you, man. Sure, you can find me at P2W Fantasy. Um, all the content comes out through through Twitter, and again, just it's a big mix of things. Uh, I have a. Uh, quick announcement later on tonight i have a co-host for the nfl season so i'll be going twice a week once with that co-host once with probably a rotating guest and then a bunch of other content uh coming out from there so if you want to shoot me a follow uh do so on twitter because all my stuff's there and i i really appreciate you guys having me on this is uh this was a fun time just uh, talking some football of course uh, not worrying about my own show sheet and making sure that the wiring's good on my computer and all, all that stuff. It's nice. It's nice to guess. Nice to guess. But I love what you guys are doing on the, on this show here. I think it's a great idea bringing in uh, analysts and talking about what they got going on. And um, I respect your hustle. I, uh, I I really mean that uh, when, when guys get in front of the mic and have to host somebody else and prepare for a show, it, it, it takes more than people do know. So again, from somebody who does the same sort of thing, I, I respect that. So thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate you, Nick. Coach, we'll do it again next week, right? All right, man. You got it, brother. We'll see you guys soon, man. You guys have a good week. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports and esports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive's game concept revolves around player props, which are simple over-unders on player stats. There are contests for traditional sports, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and Cricket, as well as esports titles including CSGO, Dota 2, League of Legends, and more coming soon. Here's how to play. Choose your lineup of over-unders for top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Each prop has a fantasy point total based on how likely it is to hit. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in cash. So come and prop up today. Use promo code THECUT to get matching deposits up to $50 with a minimum deposit of $20. Thank you to Thrive Fantasy. Check out King Fantasy Sports' draft kit and get the advantage over your league mates this draft season. Do the right preparation and start your season off right. You'll get rankings, breakouts, busts, values, and sleepers. Have some funky settings? Learn how to make your own projections. Stop sitting on the sidelines and buy it now. Use our promo code THECUT to get an additional 10% off. We're talking $10 to get everything you need in your arsenal to not just compete, but dominate. Check out the link in the description of this podcast episode.